Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Together, a Brighton & Hove Albion podcast. My name is Josh, as always, um, at TogetherBHA on Twitter. Um, We have a bit to talk about this week, but uh, with it being a short turnaround and Palace on Tuesday, um, I'm going to see if I can get a midweek one out, which will probably just be um, a look at the Palace game. Although if we get beat badly, I may just not bother and wait for that to be the, the weekend and do a longer one. Or, I don't know, we'll see. So, stay posted. Um, keep I will keep you posted on that. Um, in terms of what we're going to do today, um, we're going to do a slight change in method. Um, I have been provided a really cool idea, and I'm going to do it this week to see how it goes. Um, really, I want to get your points of view. Um, I'm starting off small and I just asked for a couple of friends and uh, acquaintances ideas and thoughts on what the game was like or thoughts and questions you may have. Um, So going forward, if you have anything you want to say um, that you want to be put on this podcast, um, send it to me in an email at togetherbha at gmail.com. Um, any voice clip you send to me, I will put in this podcast, um, for other people to hear and for us to talk about. Um, it's something that I, I think would be a really cool idea and could get that interactivity up and it would save you just having to listen to my voice for 30 minutes. Um, so, um, I have a couple today. Um, I kind of like asked the people I know for theirs. Um, but now it's out in the open if you like the idea and people are on board with it. Um, I would love it if you guys can send in any kind of thoughts and feelings, uh, post-match, pre-match, uh, anything you want. Um, I'll listen to every single one of them and then put them on the podcast. Um, and we can use those as talking points. So um, I'm going to start off with one here. Um, Alistair is a BHA fan. Um, he was at the game yesterday. Sorry, I'm reading my notes, so I put BHA for short. He's a Brighton fan, and he was at Huddersfield yesterday. Um, so without further ado, I will let him take away his thoughts on the game and spin off from there. Hi, I'm Alistair. I'm a Brighton fan who's based in Manchester. Moved here several years ago uh, and watch us play a lot up north. Um, yeah, it was fantastic to be at Huddersfield this week. Um, it's our first win since I remember Jake Robinson getting a hat trick. And um, it would be fair to say that um, it was exciting to see a different lineup. Uh, good to see a few new starts uh, Basuma, Andone, Bernardo. Uh, but that first error in the, within a minute, you know, even less than a minute, where Bruno just hoofed it up in the air and it landed right on one of their heads, that was really frustrating. Um, I was at Cardiff um, to see Stevens getting sent off. And. Um, yeah, uh, on match of the day, they said all three decisions the ref got right. Um, I think it's a little bit of maybe the football gods evening things out um, because it may have been a sending off. I think it probably was. Certainly seeing a still photo of it, it looked it looked pretty clear. Studs up and scraping down the shin to me. Um, but uh, yeah, some days they're given and some days they're not. I think the ref was in a good position. But certainly all the Huddersfield fans we were talking to on the way back from the game were really not happy. Uh, but there you go. Um, that's football, isn't it? Admittedly, though, without that, um, without that sending off, it was looking like we might lose that game. Uh, we, um, we uh, yeah, it looked like a good start from Andone. He he had a lot of he had a lot of um, pace. Uh, he worked hard, and I think he got some good opportunities. 
to get that goal on to get that header on goal was uh, yeah really good header uh, and it was so good that he got his first goal for us as well as a club which obviously is something that some of the other new um, footballers we brought in one of whom has been here nearly a year still hasn't got so so yeah we'd now um, now hope we can repeat it again at the Amex against Palace on Tuesday night um, what we'd all rather I'm I'm personally of an opinion I'd, I'd rather we stay up uh, than beat Palace but I would really love to beat Palace as well if we can do both I know that's being greedy uh, but for me um, yeah we need a good we need a good result in the derby and it'd be great to break that hoodoo of beating Palace at the Amex Alright so off the back of that um, some pretty good thoughts and analysis um, i I want to hit a couple of things um, that he spoke about and things that I think we all can agree are talking points. Um, we will start with the red card. Um, I agree entirely. Um, it was it was a definite red card. Um, I think that anybody who is a Brighton fan can look back on the games where we've had those kind of decisions given against us. Um, compare it to Dale Stevens at Borough, for example. Uh, the most obvious one um, for the new fans. Um, this is a game a couple of years ago, um, the year before Brighton were promoted to the Premier League. We were playing Middlesbrough at their place at the last game of the season, um, and we needed to win to go go up uh, automatically. Middlesbrough needed to draw, or they needed to draw or win themselves, um, and they would go up. It was that tight. Um, what happened was Dale Stevens went into Gaston Ramirez in the same kind of manner that uh, Mounier did yesterday, although at more speed. Um, his boot was lower on the leg, uh, but it was it was quicker and it was a high... It's tough to explain. Um, I'll probably just put it on the Twitter feed. Um, their legs were higher, but he hit his leg lower. Um, but it was still at speed, and he got a straight red card there um for some extra background knowledge that's why brighton fans in general despise mike dean because it turned the game entirely on its head and it stopped us from having any possible chance of getting the win there um but in reality um and i've sh- and i tweeted out a still of it too like his like his studs are incredibly up and incredibly high um there's really no discussion about the fact that it was a red card uh, the huddersfield fans are incensed and a lot of people on twitter disagree that it was a red but i think you just have to look at it and realize that if that was for it against you, you would want that to be a straight red card on anybody. Um, it drew blood. <laughs> it was so high. Um, it's not like Gaston Ramirez where he had no shin pads on or whatever he had on was basically a sponge. Um, he had nothing to offer and he uh, he drew blood. Um, and to be honest, good riddance because Munier um, in general has been absolutely brilliant against us at their place. Um, so good riddance to him. It really helped us out. Uh, so yeah, thanks Munier for, for sabotaging your own team. That was excellent. Um, on to the next pr- talking point. And this isn't this uh, the first voice clip from Alistair. It's not just um, him that spoke about uh, this next talking point, and we'll talk, we'll hear him mentioned later as well. But uh, Florin Andone obviously needs to get a mention. Um, he got his first Premier League goal uh, as an Albion player um, in the Premier League. He had two shots today, yesterday, um, one on target. He actually only played eight passes all game, which is pretty pretty incredible when you think he played for. 80 odd minutes and he only managed to play eight passes um so he clearly had a different kind of role um 
uh, hey, maybe that's why Pascal Gross ended up with over 100 touches yesterday. Um, Andone definitely was there to terrorize the back line and get on the end of the ball. Um, he was sort of kept offside a couple of times, um, but he made a lot of really good runs. And I think if Huddersfield didn't play so deep due to them having a man sent off, um, I think he would have caused no end of problems and maybe would have scored even with them having 11 men if that happened. Um, he was he was he looked superb. His touches his touches really impressive. Um, and the goal that he scored was just perfect. Um, his timing to get on the end of that Solly March cross was uh, sublime. And to be able to angle it into goal at that kind of pace was really impressive. Um, he he isn't the tallest of strikers. Um, and when you think, when you compare him to Lockardia, who outright said he doesn't like to head the ball. <laughs> um, like, And you look at Lockardia, who hasn't yet scored a Premier League goal. Um, and Oni is really doing things and doing things in the right way. Um, I guess the big question now uh, comes at Burnley. Um, I think I think it doesn't really ask a question. I think that Glenn Murray is going to start against Palace. Um, and I think from like a man management perspective or a, like a team relation perspective, it's a super easy conversation to have because he only played two days ago, three days ago. Um, but once Saturday comes around, uh, especially if Murray scores on Tuesday, um, how do you justify dropping Andone with the performance he put in when, you know, he he's he's had a full week's rest? So it's going to be a big question, and it's going to be a, an interesting time for Hutton to get his conversations right. I'm sure he will, but still, um, he's it's a good problem to have. He looked a real handful. And... Uh, Here's the last one that I want to talk about, especially around this conversation um, and what Alistair mentioned, uh, Bruno. Um, he made a huge error on 45 seconds to give the goal to Huddersfield. Uh, they scored in less than a minute. Um, it He looked constantly off the pace for almost the first entire 40 minutes of the game. Um, almost like he was totally in a different class below everybody else um it was an incredibly uncharacteristic performance from him um he really isn't ever normally like that um he was it that goal was almost down to entirely his error um he gave away the ball countless times in the first half um and then you know with barely a minute to go he he then is instrumental in our first goal and equaliser. He acrobatically keeps the ball in play and knocks it out for a corner. He then immediately grabs the ball, plays the short corner, and I'm sure everybody else was the same. I would be surprised if anybody um, could honestly say that they felt excited seeing a short corner played, but I immediately groaned at seeing a short corner played with barely a minute to go, um, only for it to hit Solly March, him to whip it in, and Shane Duffy to come in like an absolute missile and smash it in the back of the net. So um, I look stupid. Uh, anybody else that groaned along with me can eat the humble pie because Bruno uh, really showed what he's all about and what he's capable of in that in just that 30 seconds of play. It's a shame that he wasn't able to do it for the first 40 minutes. <laughs> um, and he wasn't really any better in the second half. Um, I mean, at this point, I think it's a great chance for Montoya to stake a claim. Um, I think it's obvious that Montoya will play against Palace, um, especially with Bruno going off injured. But will Montoya put in a good enough performance to get into the team next Saturday? Um, it's going to be an interesting thing to see because I think that... 
Montoya, whenever he's played um, outside of the Cardiff game, I think prior to that he'd he'd been exemplary and had consistently been a huge attacking threat. And you can go back and listen to the other podcasts where he's played, and you'll hear me say the exact you know the stats and proof that show he was um, an absolute beast doing that. So who knows? Um, if he plays well at Palace and or against Palace and gets us a win or is instrumental or keeps a clean sheet, then um, he may well nab the start at Burnley and maybe keep his place all the way through if he doesn't let it slip. Um, I'm not sure. We'll see. But uh, I think there's there's some pretty good talking points and thank you for the voice clip that you sent over. Um, I think it was a good review and I think it's uh, I think it's a cool idea and I'm glad that. Um, I've had a couple of people do this for me. Um, so we're going to go to the next one. Um, it's a very short one. Uh, this is by at sports heel on Twitter. Um, he wanted to talk real quickly, just a super quick question about one thing he had. Um, and we'll go from there. All right. This was a great win for Brighton. I would like to thank and Done, and I would like to ask what your favorite missed shot from Basuma was today. So thank you uh, at Sports Heel for that. Um, I do think that Basuma actually had a good game yesterday. Um, however, to answer the question at hand, um, yeah, he did have five shots. Um, only one of them was on target. So to actually... Um, bypass the sarcasm. I would say that I think Basuma's best shot uh, that didn't go in um, or anything like that was his first free kick into the wall because it nearly knocked a guy spark out, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I think you also need to take a look at Basuma's. Uh, he took a really good scissor kick kind of move in the box that uh, Lossel was. That made an incredible save, honestly. He did really well yesterday, Jonas Lossel. Um, I think he's about the only one who can feel our Dunbar for Huddersfield. Um, so, yeah, that I, it, it segmented nicely because I did want to talk about Bissouma anyway, but uh, I thought I'd put his sarcastic comment in there first. So, um, I thought he actually had a good game. Um, he had five shots, one on target, which was that kind of scissor kick volley thing. Uh, played two key passes. Um, he made four total tackles, which was more than anybody else on the pitch, actually, which was interesting. Um, because to me, I felt like he played more of an attacking um, way. He, he, his, he constantly had that need to look forward. Um, and I think that if you go back and watch it, he's, he's always passing either sideways or forwards. Very rarely did he go back. Um, so for him to then have more tackles than anyone else um it's pretty reassuring excuse me um it's pretty reassuring to know he can do his job both ends um and i know that when we signed him he was known as more of a defensive midfielder um initially at his old club so um he's obviously still got that going now um yeah four total tackles more than anybody else um and I thought he was really positive. Um, frankly, I think he got subbed late solely because he was too positive. 
um, if you go back and watch it just before his substitution, um, you can actually see Hewton uh, pull proper or gross. I can't remember which one it was. He pulled one of the players over and he told them very explicitly. Um, you could lip read it really easily. He told them that we're playing 4-4-1-1 and to tell Bisuma, it was proper, I'm sure of it, and to tell Bisuma to put to keep back and stop pushing forward alongside the the, the front men. Um, and he, within two and a half minutes after that, I think it was, Basuma was then subbed off for Kayao. Um, I think it was really just the fact that he can't help himself and wants to go forward and rampage forward, uh, or at least look forward. And I think that Hewton was looking for a different, um, a different trait in that last couple of minutes to try and see out the game. Um, and then his substitution in and of itself was just so fun. Um, he, his, the way he walked off, um, he was being booed to absolute death. Um, it was super loud booing, and he was just trudging off, nice and slow, applauding the crowd. And then he stopped right there on the on the halfway line, uh, pulled down his sock, the one that uh, exposed the cut on his leg, and then continued to walk off to even bigger boos. Um, it was pure wrestling bad guy, uh, wrestling heel behavior. He was an incredible showman. It was just so good. Um, I, I think I'm a really big fan of him, and I'm really excited to see him keep getting games. And I hope he keeps getting more starts because he's really good. And I think he was that bit of extra dynamism we needed in the midfield. Um, and, you know, I think that made a big difference to us, especially when they went down to 10 men. Um, he was great. So I'm going to go on to a couple of other things. Um, one of them is going to be... Uh, I'll start with Solly March. Um, I have two things I want to go through, but I'll start with Solly March um, because he was my man of the match. Um, he had two assists, um, almost 90% pass accuracy off of 38 passes on the right wing. Um, was just perfect on his crosses all day long um, with three registered accurate crosses and obviously as you know two of them resulted in goals um, he looked really at home on the right hand side um, and he actually looked better there than on the left or in the number 10 role um, and you know I think that's where he had been playing for quite a long time um, so maybe it's time to think about him as a bigger competition to knock out than Ali Razor is um, I mean, on that performance, I think you've got to have Knocker and Solly above uh, Jahan Baksh on that right-hand side right now. And, I mean, it's super depressing, really, if you think about it. We've spent so much money on Jahan Baksh, and he's so young, and he was so good um, in the Eredivisie, and he's obviously got something there, because otherwise he wouldn't have been able to do what he did. Um, even if it was in the Dutch League, they're not entirely tin pot, you know? Like you need to be, you need to be somewhat useful, um, but he's just not shown it yet. So I'm just, I'm hoping that he can really turn that around. But as of right now, like he's just not on that level. And Solly March was excellent yesterday. Um, he's at five assists for the season now. Um, I think I read only two players above him. I think it's Sterling is one of them, and I can't recall who the other person was. Um, but I mean, he's he's coming out and he's. <laughs> He's making plays all the time, um, and I—I I mean, he's doing a great job. I think, I think Knocker will start against Palace because I think it's the right move. But 
again, Burnley coming up is going to be one of those really tough decisions for Hutton. Um, is Kieto is not playing as good as he usually is, but his pace and his runs, um, he's been incorrectly ruled offside probably around five times in the last two games and I would honestly say two to three of them would create massive major goal scoring opportunities if they'd not got that mistake um, and it's only a matter of time until linesmen get it right or alternatively he is offside and they get it wrong um, but it's always so close I think it's only a matter of time until he gets that and for that reason it's always a risk to bench him because he's so explosive um, so now we've got a case where Gross is fit again. Um, Bissouma is has made a good impression. And now you have three wingers that are all really good wingers in their own right, especially with knockout start to the season. Um, and who do you play and who don't you play? Because all three of them at this point could easily change the game. Um, again, it's another great problem to have. Um, I don't think it's a big problem to have when you play Palace because it's only been three days. Um, but with Burnley, I think it's going to be a tougher decision. And then when we go into the Christmas period again, like the fact that we have three really good wingers in form is a great thing. But uh, yeah, it's we're we're gonna um, we're gonna have a lot of options to go with in this next in this month or so. And it's a huge month to to have those options. So fingers crossed, they can all pan out for us. Um, so my last thing I wanted to talk about before moving off of the Huddersfield game um, is our ability to keep the ball when ahead. Um, this is something that was echoed in WhatsApp groups, Twitter, um, everywhere I looked really, even on the on the game itself, the commentary pointed it out. Um, we cannot seem to keep hold of the ball after going a goal up. Um, we showed that problem massively with Leicester even when they were down to 10 men. And we actually showed it yesterday again against a really poor Huddersfield side with 10 men. Um, now, bear in mind, we went, we, we got our second goal on 75 minutes, so or 73, around that mark. Um, but before the second goal went in, we had uh, an 85% pass success rate and a 68% possession. Um, it looked like we had really learned from the game last week against Leicester um, and it improved markedly. Um, I get that we were chasing the game as opposed to managing it, but we did really well and we were playing in a way that we all thought we should be, um, or so we thought. After the second goal went in, um, the stats are there, I mean, the stats are there, really, it's, we went from having an 85% pass success rate to a 74%, um, that's like an 11% drop-off, and it was really apparent because... Anytime we tried to pass it past the halfway line, we looked like we had no idea what we were doing. Um, and we then sacrificed 4% worth of possession to them in just that 15 minutes. Um, with them at 10 men and us in the lead and we've worked them down for a long time, 4% doesn't sound like much, but it it is to, to allow that amount of space. So um, we need to continue to learn to manage games when we lead um, because, because it is markedly bad. Um, and I'm sure that if I could go, if I went back over the other games, it would show the same thing. But we won, and we have so many important games coming up. I don't want to waste time doing that. But uh, it's not just it's not just how it looks. It's just a, a fact that we have a big problem with managing a lead, um, and it just comes down to keeping the ball and being clever with our passes, and we're not doing either. So 
that is the end of the Huddersfield analysis. Um, we look at Palace. Um, so I'm going to sign off this section with one more uh, interaction. Um, this is Ashley. She's a Brighton fan as well. Um, and she wanted to uh, just talk about the Huddersfield game, um, her thoughts about that, and then I'll look ahead to Palace. Um, so here goes. I think that it was really good that we were able to come away with three points yesterday, especially playing Huddersfield away. I don't, I did not think that we we would win that, especially being away. Um, and then when we went one nil down after one minute or so, I was like, "This is it. We're going to get absolutely battered." Um, but I think we came, we took that as a as a positive really and pushed for it. And then especially when they got the red card, um, I think we needed to take the opportunity to try and push with obviously only the, them having 10 men on the pitch um, I think and Doan when he scored made his debut which was really good as well uh, gives gives us a little bit of hope I guess that we're not just relying on Murray um, overall I thought it was a good performance um, like I say I just didn't think that we'd come away with three points so I was buzzing about that um, so yeah, hopefully now Palace on Tuesday night. Uh, it's a shame that they won. I think if we'd have, we'd have won on Saturday and they'd lost, we, you know, we would have been even more confident going into Tuesday night. But just got to stay confident and hopefully batter Palace on Tuesday night. Yes, and on that note, it is a great time to talk about Palace. Uh, Palace is Tuesday night. Um, I normally try and take some time off for these kind of games, uh, take a f- like a couple of hours paid time off, but um, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it this week, so I'll be watching it at work in the dark somewhere. Um, I'm kind of worried about it because we we play Palace. Um, I haven't really wrote much down for this preview because it's obvious. Um, we need to win. Um, we play at home. This is the best chance we've got against them. Uh, they are four or five points below us right now. They just come off the back of a win themselves. Um, and frankly, we are definitely good enough to beat them. And I think we need to. I think our key to victory is containing Zaha, obviously. Um, and I think it's going to be Montoya's job this week. Um, and given Bruno's just recent performance, I'm, I'm kind of thankful it's not him. Um, I think Montoya has a certain class about him that might just crank Zaha enough to get that uh, performance out of him. Um, We've consistently failed to contain Zaha every time we play him. Um, He really ups his level about two two gears whenever he plays us and we need to find a way to contain him. Um, It's going to be massive. It's make no mistake about it. This is huge. Um, It's just it's just nerve-wracking to think if we lose. I don't even want to trash talk too much because if we lose, I'm going to feel like such a dick. Um, I think we need just need to be ready for them. I think that we need to have those players pumped up and ready to go because Zaha and Co will make sure the Palace players are, and that's where we fell behind in recent recent games. We we haven't had that same level of uh, not passion. But that, I mean, yeah, I guess, like, that that rivalry passion, um, I think Dunk gets it, and I think Solly March gets it, and outside of that, we haven't really got anybody else, um, so I think it's time to pump some people up. Uh, it's an interesting one, 
Um, I don't know how it's going to go. Uh, I mean, obviously, I want us to win, but yeah, I'm struggling knowing what to say on this one um, because it's just so straightforward. We need to contain Zaha and we need to score more goals than them. And please, please, please do not lose. Um, I'm going to move on to my 11 instead. Um, I think it's Ryan in goal. I think Montoya plays right back, not only just because Bruno just played, but also because he went off hurt. Uh, Duncan Duffy at the back. I would personally play Bernardo at left back. Um, he's young and he played really well in the last game. I don't think he needs that much rest. Um, but I think Hutton will probably play Bong. Um, maybe in an attempt to hold out Andros Townsend on his own um, or to try and manage that fullback powerhouse of the Van Aanhout and Wambasaka. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to work. I would prefer Bong uh, Bernardo, but I think he's going to go Bong. Um, I would play Knockout on the right. I think that he has that mindset of what how important this game is and i think he absolutely needs to play um i'd rather have a couple of players on there that may get themselves sent off due to the passion on show um than just play like it's a normal game because it's not um proper and kyle in the middle um i would love to see Bisuma play again but i think hutton is going to be slightly more cautious and bringing kyle again um and i think he's going to keep proper um is Kiedo for me should be playing on the left um, however, I think it's probably going to be March. Um, not only to because March has played so well and Izquierdo has been pretty quiet, but I also think he's going to play there because it's been so... Uh, like, being the rivalry that it is, I think he's going to try and pack the team with as many uh, homegrown, close-to-home players. Um, and I think that Dunk and March fit that bill. Um as opposed to his Kiedo. So I think he plays. Um, I think Gross and Murray play up top. Um, I think Murray is obviously a shoe-in. Um, and Done just played. And I think that it was for the entire extent. The entire intent was to have Murray rested ready for Tuesday. Um, so yeah. I, th I would like to see Ryan Montoya, Dunk, Duffy, Bernardo, Knockout, Proper, Kayao, Izquierdo, Gross and Murray. I think we're going to see Ryan Montoya, Dunk, Duffy, Bong, Knockout, Proper Kayao, March, Gross, and Murray. Um, this is about it from me to this week. Um, like I said, if you have any kind of input, please do email me at togetherbha at gmail.com. Um, if you have my phone number, WhatsApp me the voice clip. Uh, if you want my phone number, email me or DM me, and I'll give you that if you want to do that in an easier way. Um, but yeah. I hope you like the new format. Let me know how it goes. Let me know what your think thoughts are. And I will see you soon. Either next week or um, or a review of Palace. I'm not sure what we'll do yet. But uh, in the meantime, have a good one and be safe. <laughs>